Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Men's Hoops Show. We are a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, just like I say every week, guys. And I'm your host, Colby Peterson, for this one. Uh, On today's show, uh, we're going to be flying solo, but we're going to be talking about men's hoops. And so we'll talk a little bit. We'll kind of keep this short, nice and tight for you folks tonight. We'll talk a little bit about the last three games in the uh, Wildcats schedule. Um, Painful loss to Idaho State in the D. Then we'll talk about the Montana roadie downing Montana in Missoula, but falling uh, in a rough game against Montana state. Uh, Then we got another segment called what's hot and what's not Uh, got takes on what we think is good. Maybe what's not so good in the conference or I mean on campus. And so we'll talk a little bit about that and uh, you know, you can hear our takes and if you got takes yourself, put them in the chat or if you're hearing this in the podcast uh, feed later, uh, Send them to us. You know, maybe we'll tweet them out. You, you let us know what you think. We want to hear what you think, right, guys? But before we get into all that, want to encourage you all, please subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, great places to find Weber State Weekly. Uh, you can also get us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We had, I, th- I felt we had a good poll today in our Instagram feed. Uh, well, our Instagram stories, and then we also put a, put a nice, you know, a take on Twitter. We had four of some all-time Wildcat guards, and uh, we wanted to get your take. In their prime, who would you take? Who is you? Who's the guard that you're picking on your Wildcat squad? So go check us out, Facebook, Instagram, some of those uh, those questions that we'll ask. And um, we got another one in the tank, so answer that one and then get ready for the next one because it's going to be fun. We're excited. But... Um, also, we want to shout out our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. Um, love our patrons. Really appreciate them supporting us so that we can do what we love to do here on Weber State Weekly. I will say I got a couple of things that I'm working on right now that will go to patrons first, and then we'll see kind of what happens after that. The first of those is, uh, I don't know if you folks have seen this around. I mean, if you've been to a game, you know about Flash and the Dub. So... We put together a sticker. Local artist Josh Smith. Uh, so if you've ever spent some time down at Grounds for Coffee, you probably know who Josh and Sadie are. And so uh, we, we said, hey, Josh, you're doing graphic artist work now. How about you uh, work with us on putting together a, a, a little sticker so that we could put uh, put the dub on computers, on your car? So it's in the it's in the works, folks. We got a good design from him. Also, hit him up if you want some good design work because he's doing good. He's doing good stuff. But uh, we got a design, and uh, as soon as we have it done, it will go free to all of our Patreon supporters. So Patreon supporters, be ready for that. We will be getting those in your hands. Uh, but then after that, if we've got any left over, we'll probably give a few to some folks, and then we might sell a few. Who knows? So keep your eyes peeled for that. If you're a Patreon supporter, you get that kind of good stuff. And then I've got something I, I'm going to try and start this week. Uh, we're going to start something called Premium Previews, where if you're a Patreon supporter, you're going to get a little short podcast from me previewing this week's opponents. So I'll sit down, uh, and if you're a Patreon supporter, you'll get an access to a link that will give you the opportunity to sit down and listen to what to expect from this week's matchups, the good, the names that you should watch for, some things that might work for the Wildcats, all that good analysis. Now going to be for our Patreon supporters, so check uh, as soon as I get it up there. But want to thank our Patreon supporters because I think about you guys all the time and uh, really appreciate you and your support. So I want to do something for you that is uh, worthwhile. And so uh, this is what I came up with. So we'll start doing that. And then uh, we'll just see kind of how it goes from there. So 
That's it. So let's talk a little bit about last week. Uh, and this will include the Idaho State game as well, which I was in attendance for. So shout out to all my peeps that were down there. I saw uh, quite a few folks was out there wearing those uh, those nice purple and white overalls. If you guys haven't seen those, go down to the downtown store. I think they might have a few left over, but I had my overalls on. And so, yeah, but um, great to be in the palace. Got to go to three games while we were in town for the holidays this last time, time around. So always good. Uh, but this was a little bit rough because as we say on the show often, we don't lose to the stripes. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Plus the Montana roadie, like we said, we'll talk a little bit about those two. So I want to I want to keep this really simple for folks. Uh, we're going to borrow something from our game day show, our football game day show. If you listen to those over the season uh, and we'd always start out those shows by giving our panel an opportunity to talk about what they liked what they didn't like and their MVP for those games uh, or for last week's game in that case. But we're going to talk about these three games coming up uh, that have already, that have just happened over the last week and a couple of days. And so let's get into that. So um, things that I have liked over the past couple of weeks. Uh, first thing that stood out to my mind, you know, thinking back on the games that I watched and the just kind of, perusing the stats a little bit. Um, I like the free throw percentage. I got to say that the, the free throw shooting has been very, very good for the team thus far this season. In the last three games, that's have shot percentages of, <clears throat> let me make sure I get this right. Cause I got a lot of, I got the comparison here. Ah, you know what? I'll just, I'll just do it like this. I'm going to, I'm going to do it this way, folks. That way it's a little bit easier and it's not, I'm not jumbling things up, but Wildcats from the free throw line over the past uh, three games, their free throw shootage, their free throw shooting percentage here, they have shot 76%. That was the Montana State game. 64% in the Montana game, which is still a game that they won, but obviously could have been a little more comfortable had they made a few more of those shots. They were 11 for 17. And then 88% against the Stripes. Uh, they were 22 of 25 that night in Ogden. And so I really like the consistency at the free throw line because um, there have been a lot of instances like the Montana game where if you miss a couple more free throws, I mean, you're not in that. I mean, Steve Replankin makes that, you know, that marvelous three, which by the way, was an instant classic moment. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we're going to look back on next year or in five years and go like, remember that time that they inbounded the ball and Dyson Kohler stole it. And then he immediately passed to Steve Verplanken and Steve Verplanken buried a three and absolutely stole all of the joy from every Grizz fan in that building that night. Yeah. That's instant classic stuff. So um, free throws kind of put the Wildcats in that position because I mean, there was a lot of back and forth or some questionable calls late, uh, but the Wildcats are able to get it done. And a lot of that is happening because getting it done on the free throw line. So really wanted to shout out that because I just think that some of these games are not as close or they're, it's not even a, a contest if they're not shooting for what they are. So free throws, loved that. Love seeing that free throw shooting. Uh, another thing that I've liked in the past couple of weeks, the perimeter defense that we've talked a lot on the show about how the Wildcats, you know, not the best perimeter defending talked about their woes. There have been, you know, points in the in the in the, the conference slate where the Wildcats we had to shout 
shout out the fact that they were the worst defending team in the conference. Um, part of that is a function of the, of the scheme, right? Because of the way they're playing. Um, but also, uh, I think also just getting guys used to the system. It is what it is. But over the past couple of weeks, I really have liked what I've seen. And so just to shout out a, a few stats here, uh, opponents have shot against the Wildcats from the three-point line. They have shot 33%. That's Montana State. They were 7 of 21. Montana shot 33%. They were 9 of 27. And Idaho State was 4 of 18. That's 22%. So I like the closeouts. I like what they're doing. The rotations are working. Um, It's nice. The Wildcats are not the worst uh, three-point defending team in the conference now. Uh, that, That title now belongs to Idaho, but the Wildcats are you know, giving up an average of 37%. But I do want to point out that that includes the non-conference schedule. So if you were to limit that to just the conference schedule, it's been pretty good showings, right? Like there've been a couple of instances, Northern Colorado, 41%, Northern Arizona shot 45%. They were nine of 20, Northern Colorado, 10 of 24. Those were the, their saving graces in those games. Wildcats still win. So I've liked the improvement on the three-point defending on the perimeter. But uh, obviously some other things need to need to get cleaned up if the Wildcats want to compete at the top of the conference. Also want to say if you're listening to this on, on YouTube, on Facebook, or on Twitter, feel free to put your questions in the chat. Glad to drop those in and answer them as we go through some of this stuff. If you've got takes, you know, we might even put... Some of them here on the screen, or at least shout them out to this show in the podcast feed a little bit later. So those are kind of two things that I've seen over the past couple of weeks that I've really liked. Felt like things have really um, improved in the case of perimeter defense, but also have been very consistent in the case of free throws. Uh, but now we're going to talk about some things that we don't like. And there are some. there are some so let's talk a little bit about it first thing on my list assisting uh the wildcats right now when it comes to assists um the numbers have been low and they are the worst assisting team in the conference they've assisted 193 times and that's an average of 10.72 per game um, the best assisting team, you can say, well, Colby, the best assisting team in the conference is Eastern Washington. They are averaging almost 15 a game. So that's almost double what the Wildcats have. I think it's a function of the offense, obviously. Guys, you know, trying to find the rotations, um, getting to the right spot. But it's got to get better. In order for the Wildcats to truly, I think, run the offense efficiently, assisting has to get better, especially if you want to get easy buckets. Now, we've seen in the past few games that the team is getting better at cutting back door, finding opportunities in the paint where, you know, somebody is driving into the paint, the defense is collapsing on them. And then somebody's open behind the defense, allowing somebody like Dylan Jones, who is going to draw a lot of attention because we know how, uh, how good DJ is and what he can do. He draws a lot of defensive attention. They're going to collapse on him. And so folks like Steve or Plankin, Alex Chu, other, you know, Junior Ballard, folks coming in, cutting back door, giving them opportunities to then get easy layups or dunks at the rim. Love those, but we need to see, I think, more of it. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about in the Idaho State game, really, really hard in the Idaho State game to 
get the ball inside. They wanted to play the inside game and Idaho State knew that. And so they were very, very committed to stopping that. What do I want to call it? I want to call it that interior offense. They, they were very committed to that and it worked by and large, right? Like the Wildcats had a really, really tough offensive night against the stripes. Um, as much as I hate to say it, it's true. Uh, the Wildcats shot in that game an abysmal 35% from the floor. They were 16 of 45. And a lot of those, like I said, came in the paint. And so it's, they knew that that's what they were going to do. And I think that for the Wildcats to give themselves a chance, they got to share the ball a little bit more. Guys got to move off ball, provide some of that outlet. There needs to be one or two, I think, extra moves beyond you know the, the basic offense that we've got right now. And if that can happen and the Wildcats have the ability to share the ball a little bit more, oh, the offense gets so much easier to run. So assisting has got to get better and I hope it does uh, because if it does, I mean, we all know that the Wildcats have very talented scorers. I mean, we've seen it. Guys will have their individual nights. We've seen a junior Ballard game. We've seen a Steve Verplanken performance that has impressed. We've seen obviously a Dylan Jones consistently doing things. Um, Zaire Porter's had good nights. I mean, we know that guys, they have, you know, really consistent nights uh, or they can have good nights. Uh, just, I think a little bit more assisting is going to make the difference. Another thing we got to talk about, and this is part of this, I think, when it comes to shot selection, field goal percentage has got to get better. Right now, Wildcats are averaging um, 43%. That's all. That's the entire season, right? And so you'd say, well, Colby, 43% from the field's not bad. You're right, but understand that there, there are some, um, some really good performances in there, and then there are some, you know, just okay performances in there. And the last three games have been those. They've been just okay. Surprisingly, the Wildcats shot 42% in Bozeman the other night. And if you were to say that, if you watched the game, you'd have been like, there's no way they shot 42%. They did. Uh, but the problem was that, you know, I've got my beef with what happened in Bozeman. Uh, but um, there was a lot of early fouls called that equated to turnovers. Um, there was a lot of sending the Bobcats to the line. Uh, which meant that, you know, they were able to get points with the clock off. Um, all of these things, blah, 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 blah. There were a number of reasons why the Bobcats were able to get it. But 42% from the field in that game is like, oh, sweet. Um, you'd say part of the reason that that exists is because, you know, they only shot 30% in the first half in that game, but then they shoot 54% in the second half. That really picks up. Um, same thing for three points. They were one of nine shooting threes in that game. Uh, that's 11% or in the first half of that game. They clean that up three of seven in the second half from three, 42%, 54, 54% from two. Um, so that made, it made it respectable from, from an outsider. If you, if you're just a box score looker, I mean like, well, that's not a bad night. It's like, you're right. But the first half was so rough that they were always trying to catch up and they opened the second half with a 10-0 run, which was nice because it gets them immediately back in the game because they were down 20 at the half, but uh, they were not able to get past that 10, that 10 point hole. You know, it was always kind of just fluctuated around there. They were never really ever able to get it back in single digits. So field goals got to get better. Assisting can help with that, uh, but shot selection and guys just uh, making their shots, um, 
one of the trends that I noticed as I was looking through some of the numbers, when the Wildcats shoot 40% or better from two, they usually win. Now, there are some exceptions to that, right? I'm not saying they always win because in some cases they don't. Um, a, a good example is like, say, um, the UC Riverside game. They shot 45%. They still lost. Uh, another another example of that is the Tarlin State game. They shot 40%, so just, just barely getting over the mark, but they lost by 10. And so um, another one you could say, Utah Tech game, they shot 50% from the field, but they lost um, by 12. And so there are instances where, yes, they shot better than 40% and they still lost, but I think it's a good recipe because unequivocally, every time that the Wildcats... Um, in conference play have lost a game. So that's Idaho state now in Montana state. Um, they've had, they've had a hard time shooting. Um, you can say, well, 42% Colby. Yes. I just talked about that. Um, but even in some of their wins, like the Montana game, they shot 39%. Um, 40% seems like a really good barometer for whether the Wildcats are going to win or not. So something to watch for if the Wildcats are hovering around that in the first half, I think that's really maybe the critical piece is that the Wildcats can shoot a good 40% or better in the first half. It sets them up well to run the offense the way that it should in the second half and close out those teams. So field goal shooting's got to get better. Uh, we got to score the ball a little bit better. And if they can do that, obviously, well, gee, this is a John Madden quote here, but I mean, if you score more points, you win more games. Nah, that's that's the way it goes. Another thing that's got to get better is three-point shooting. Um, the Wildcats have had a really, really tough stretch shooting the three this season, which is a marked difference, I think, from last season, where they were a great three-point shooting team. Now, obviously, there's there's roster turnover that's a, a, a portion of that. But the last few outings uh, from three have been really, really tough. I would say that shooting threes is the difference in the Montana game. They shot 42% from three in that game. And so... Eight of 19, uh, that's nice. Uh, that, that gives the Wildcats a chance in a game that was a, a defensive slog with a lot of mistakes on both sides of the ball. But 25% against Montana State, 15% against Idaho State, um, you know, 25% against BYU, 23% um, against Cal Baptist, 28% against Utah Tech, 34% against Tarleton State. You see what I mean? And so hitting threes is going to open up the floor and give the offense uh, a much needed. It's going to create a lot more space. And so uh, there have been opportunities. I look back at shooting three, like I said, one of nine in that first half against Montana state. If even two of those go in, it, it fundamentally changes the game. So uh, three point shooting has got to get a little bit better. I think that the looks are there. They're just not falling. Um, so hopefully that that improves over time because I know, like we just talked about, this is a talented team. They can shoot. Uh, last thing I want to talk about was the rebounding. Now, I've just talked about assisting, field goal shooting, three-point field goal shooting, and rebounding. So that's basically the entire offense. Yes, that is basically the entire offense. Even though I did talk about free throws, you're taking care of the free throws. So yes, rebounding has been a... It's been tough um, looking at some stats tonight as I prepared for this. I uh, just want to kind of look at the rebound margin in wins and losses in nearly every case. When the Wildcats get re out rebounded, they lose uh, Montana state. Surprisingly, they, they were only out rebounded by three, but they lose um, against Idaho state. They were, they were out rebounded by eight turnover or rebound margin was a minus eight. They lose BYU. 
Rebound margin is a minus 12. It's a difference in that game, we'd have to say. But you look at games like Cal Poly, Utah State, it's a plus rebounding margin. It makes a difference. St. Martin's, same thing. Now, of course, St. Martin's is a D2 team, so we expect that. The Cal Baptist game, a minus 13 on the rebounds. They lost. A minus 8 against Utah Tech. They lost. Carlin State, a minus 1. It was 6s, but they lost. Wright State, minus 11. They lost. You get the idea. Rebounding is, is really, really critical. And when the Wildcats get a plus rebound margin, that gives them a chance to win. Now, I'm, I'm, I'd have to go back and look and say, like, well, have they ever had a plus margin and, lo- and won or and lost? Um, the answer is no. They have never lost a game where they had a plus rebound margin in this season. So something to think about. Now there has, there was the weird Western Colorado game where they were minus two, but they still won. Uh, <laughs> that's good enough though. They get it, they get it done. But um, rebounding is, I think really, really critical for this team, giving themselves a chance in order to win. So rebounds got to get better. Got to do a little bit better job boxing out. If they can do that, they give themselves a chance to get it done. So MVPs for the last three games, I was like, do I name one MVP or three MVPs? I felt like it should be three. So I'm going to name three. So for the Idaho State game, who's our MVP for Idaho State? Why, it's none other than Dylan Jones. Dylan Jones did such a great job in that game. Really had a big impact. Obviously, the, the, the Wildcats did not get what they want. Uh, one of the things I really like that DJ does is, if you watch him, there will always be a certain point in the first half where he brings the ball down the court. Um, and usually, a, an, a defensive player will run into him. That always happens. And, and he usually gets a foul for it. Uh, so I love that. Um, obviously, if some guy did that to one of my players, I'd be annoyed. But I like that DJ does it. And I think it's a really savvy move. But uh, DJ, in that in that Idaho State game, obviously, like you said, we don't lose the stripes. We lost the stripes. I hate that. But uh, DJ was uh, 13 points, 10 rebounds, or 13 points, 13 rebounds in that game. Had three assists. Um, black mark on 10 turnovers. Uh, so a triple-double, but not the kind you want. Uh, but uh, there were a lot of uh, there was a lot going on. I think that the 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 team asked a lot of him because the threes weren't going down in that game. Like we said, I mean, they shot sixteen percent. They were two of twelve in the first half in that game. They were one of seven in the second half of that game, fourteen percent. And so, you know, the only people that really made threes were DJ, KJ made one, and J- uh, Junior Baller Jr. made one. That's it. That's all the three-point shooting that happened. They made three of 19. And so I felt like a lot was asked of DJ. Steve had a lot of shots at the rim. Uh, did a fairly good job of, of knocking those down. He was five of 11. But if I'm picking the impact overall, I think I'm going to go with DJ in that one. So that's my, that's my MVP for a painful loss against Idaho State in the Purple Palace. Now let's talk about the Montana game. Now, if you watch the Montana game, uh, you were feeling what I was feeling. Uh, late in the game, uh, there was a critical turnover. Hurt uh, gave the gave the the, the Grizz the, the ball back, and uh, Grizz were up one. I think it was. Yeah, they were up one, and so it looks like Wildcats are going to lose. Uh, this sucks. Um, what a bummer. They came close. They lose to Montana in Missoula. Same old song and dance, right? But then, like I said earlier, Dyson Kohler, savvy ready to catch the inbound pass, immediately kicks it out to Steve Verplanken, shoots the three up, and it goes down. And man, I will tell you guys this. I don't know about you guys, but I was yelling in my house here in Nashville, just whooping 
about that play. I could not believe it. Instant classic. That's the stuff legends are made of. So Steve Replankin, you are the MVP, even though there was a ton of game that happened before that final shot. That final shot was the dagger, and it stole the joy of all those Grizz fans that night in Missoula. So I got to go with Steve for the MVP on that one. And then finally, my MVP for the Montana State game. I'm uh, going to go back to DJ, and uh, and here's why. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a tough game. It was a tough game to watch. The Wildcats are never really in it. Um, they were always playing catch-up. There were instances where they made some runs, but Montana State's runs were a little bit easier. Uh, the offense ran a little bit easier for them. The threes were falling a little bit better. Uh, they just they got a lot of fouls, guys. Like they got a lot of fouls in the first half. And I think it really offset the game in a huge way. Um, and so because of that, they were not able to do what they probably wanted to do because the refs were calling it really tight for the Wildcats and things were fairly loose. Uh, I want to point out that they did not call a foul on Montana State until there was seven, like seven and a half minutes left in the first half. So they went nearly 12 and a half minutes without fouling. I mean, come on. But I uh, want to go with DJ in this one because he's got 13 points. He's got nine rebounds. He's got three assists. He's got one steal. Um, he did. A, he shot 50% from, from the floor. It was one of two from three. You'd say, well, Colby, Steve was seven of 12 and, and he had two of four from three. Yes, that's true. But the rebounds, like we just talked about, the rebounds are so, 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 so critical to this team getting the dub. So DJ gets it in Bozeman in a painful night up there. But they split the Montana roadie, which is all we can ever ask for. It's funny because now these days it's the reverse. Wildcats winning in Missoula, losing in Bozeman. The opposite of what it used to be. So, uh, but one of two on the Montana roadie, which I think is the toughest trip in the conference. Um, you can ask for. So. You lose the, the defending champs on their floor and you beat the Grizz, which is always sweet. So that is the last three weeks or two weeks of last three games, last two weeks of men's basketball play. Uh, let's go now to what's hot and what's not. I've got a couple of takes here and uh, you guys can, I, I didn't want to keep this just men's hoop specific because yeah, there's some good things happening there or not, but one of the things that got me really excited this week. So this is what I think was hot. Stadium renovations. If you saw, if you're in the Facebook group on uh, Weber State fans Facebook group, if you're not, get in there. It's a good time. Um, we talked about the upcoming renovations or the current renovations that are happening and what's going to look like. Um, it looks great. Was able to chat with uh, associate uh, athlete, sorry, athletic director Tim Crompton this week. Ask him a couple questions just about it. Say, hey, what's it going to look like? Uh, my understanding is they're going to that. That section of the stadium is the oldest section of the stadium. And apparently, according to Brett Hine and the Standard Examiner, the oldest concrete left uh, in upper campus. So if you know the difference, uh, you know, there was a time where Weber State was downtown, where uh, if you're a fan of the library in downtown Ogden, right across the street from that, and that whole block where the old Weber gym is, that's where Weber State was until the 50s when they moved to upper campus. And so that that little bit of concrete was the remaining bit of concrete from when they began everything up there. And so uh, they're tearing it out. They're going to be pouring new in. So part of it is because it's seismically vulnerable. If you don't know the fault line, um, we're on the Wasatch fault and uh, the fault line runs right through the middle of the, uh, of the stadium. <laughs> so if there's a problem, there could be a problem on that left side uh, on the East side. So, I clean that up. I'm going to make it safe for everybody. Uh, my understanding is they're going to add some uh, concourses in the middle, which will 
also provide more concessions. We've talked about concessions and how the concessions have got to get better. Fan experience has got to get better. If we want to have more fans in, we've got to make going to the game a thing to do. Um, and part of that is the fan experience. Having better concessions where people can get their stuff faster is a key, key piece of that. Because if we want to have 10, 12,000 in our stadium regularly, it's got to get faster. You cannot commit a whole quarter of football to getting a hot dog. So that should help. And then also, it's going to be new turf. And so there are no renderings for the way that the uh, the east side is going to look, um, but you've pretty much heard it. Uh, but there are going to be renderings for the new field. Uh, my understanding is that the, the the wildcat, the cat head, is what will be in the middle of the field. And then uh, designs on the end zones to come. But uh, it's going to look great. Needed to be changed for a while. And so now it's our turn to finally turn the page on this turf and uh, put some new in. And so love the commitment from the, from the university on keeping Stewart stadium up and ready for the next season. I mean, just the investment in facilities in football have been just astronomical. Thanks to the donors, thanks to the university. And so love to see it, but that's, what's hot stadium renovations. Now what's not hot. Got some bad news this week. Uh, if you're, if you ever listen to our women's basketball show, um, we got some bad news that Emma Torbert has left the program. Um, a bummer because Emma was a huge part of the offense. She uh, was a, a big who I think was probably the strongest post player in the conference. Um, very few players in the conference could deal with her strength down there. And uh, she was also a big that could shoot the three. And so she was able to spread the floor in a team that desperately needed perimeter shooting. And so she did a lot of things for this wildcat offense. And um She's moved on to greener pastures. And so uh, the Wildcats will be without Emma Torbert for the remainder of the season. Um, currently sitting, oh, and remember in uh, conference play, have not won a conference game yet. I'd have to go. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow night in our women's hoops show. But yeah, not hot losing Emma Torbert in, uh, in the middle of, of the campaign here. A painful loss and uh, one I think that's going to have serious impacts uh, as we go through the remainder of the conference schedule. So that's what's hot. What's not. Now let's look at the upcoming schedule. Wildcats uh, going to be home for this week. Thursday, January 19th, going to be taking on Portland State. Got the green teams coming to town this week, folks. And you know what we say about the green teams. You don't lose to them. So Thursday, January 19th against Portland State, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Tickets at WeberStateSports.com. Or if you're like me, you'll be watching on ESPN Plus or listen to the dulcet tones of Steve Klauke on 103.1 The Wave. Then Saturday, January 21st, Sac State comes to town. Now, keep on keep an eye on this game, folks, because Sac State has been very good. I think they've only lost one conference game thus far this season. Um, Sac State has been good. And so this could be a battle for the Wildcats who have struggled to find their offensive identity. And so that game will be 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Ticks at Weber State Sports. Um, you know what? I'm pretty sure it is, but I'm going to double check for you folks right now just to be sure because I thought that that was the case. But now thinking about the Saturday road trips and all that stuff, I'm like, is it really seven o'clock? So um, let me just check that really quickly. I want to make sure I don't want to give you guys bad intel. So you could show up to the D on Saturday at seven o'clock. You're like, what? The game is over. So let me see. Let me scroll down here. Yeah, I was right. 7 p.m. All right. I didn't lead you straight, but I just wanted to make sure. So 7 p.m. Saturday night at the D. Sac State's coming to town. And so, uh, beat the green teams. Sting is Dan. Then, uh, then, uh, Wildcat's going to be on the road for a little while after this. Two road trips coming. Um, the first uh, will be 
the Palouse trip. So they'll head to Thursday, January 26th, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Um, ESPN Plus one to three won the wave. Then Saturday, January 28th, they will face Eastern Washington, who is currently at the top of the conference. That game, 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, ESPN Plus one to three won the wave. Um, Eastern Washington, the best assisting team in the conference right now and currently undefeated in conference play. So uh, I said it last year. I think that they're a team that will contend for the conference title uh, very, very soon. And um, my prediction is right. They are very good. And uh, we'll have to see how things go because the Wildcats did lose to Eastern Washington in Cheney last year. Then revenge game, Saturday, February 4th. So you get a week off. Then take the trip up to Pocatello. At Idaho State to face the Stripes again, that game will be at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Drive up to the game and boo the Stripes. They're getting cocky up there. They feel like they, uh, they, they're they ruling the roost because they beat us on our floor. Let's remind them that we have the, uh, the all-time record is double. <laughs> We've beat them twice as much as they've beat us. So head up there, boo the Stripes, 6 p.m., Saturday, February 4th. Then Monday, February 6th, kind of a weird schedule that week. They'll go over to Greeley. Uh, that game is going to be at 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Really, really weird. 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, says the uh, website. ESPN Plus 103 on the wave. Um, weird game. We'll just have to see what happens. But uh, after that, the Wildcats will eventually... Uh, I mean, obviously, long, long road trip. Two road trips in a row before they get their chance to come back to the D where they will face Montana State and Montana. So... Uh, that's the show. Uh, we'll wrap it up like we usually do. Weber State Weekly, gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, like I said. Patreon, go patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. I want to thank our patrons once again. Really appreciate you folks. Uh, working on some maybe extra content uh, for the feed here, but, but overall, um, really, once, like I said, we're going to be doing some extra stuff for them coming soon uh, because we love them. And if you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly and you can become a patron too. Support us. Help us pay some uh, pay some journalists to write some stories, produce some content. We'd love it. And then the blog, WeberStateWeekly.com. Obviously, I uh, haven't written very much over there these days. Um, and I don't know that that's going to change, folks, because I just started the MBA program back up and I'm going to be pretty busy. So I've been working on that Weber State MBA. So not a lot of writing time for Colby Peterson. But that's if you want to go read some past content, that's the place to do it. And we'll let you know if we put anything up there, you'll get a chance to see it. And, uh, and consume our thoughts. So, wrap it up like we always do. Really appreciate you folks for listening to the show. Weber State, Weber State. Great, great, great. Go Wildcats. Cats.